If you've got bad news, you want to kick the blues, cocaine. How's it going? Stephbot Von Steffiness. Ew, look at that. You know, bad, bad hair decade. So, um, excuse the hat. Hope you guys are doing all right. How is your afternoon? How is your day? How is your evening? How is your morning? Depending on which side of our glorious supposed sphere you are currently on. You are currently living on, listening on. And, uh... Hit me up with some questions. I am at your disposal. I've got a little bit of time before my next thing. And so this thing, rather than my next thing, is your thing. I am at your disposal. Some people are typing. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Joe Rogan got COVID. Did you hear about this? <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan got COVID. Uh, How is it like responding to text messages versus call-ins? Uh, both of them. So with call-ins, I'm exploring. With text messages, I'm volleying, right? So uh, obviously, it's more talking on my side. But with the call-ins, um, I like them. I've got some... Uh, I did a call-in the other day, and the guy showed up um, dressed as Satan, like in, in a hellscape that he'd built in his underground. So I actually had a call-in with Satan. Thank you for your D-Live stream yesterday. You inspired me to avoid the nightly escape to fantasy. Ended up going to play an open mic and had a great time and met some good people. Fantastic. Fantastic. I'm telling you, those live streams are really great. And I appreciate, of course, the platforms that allow them to happen. And I appreciate you for keeping them going. Hello, Steph. Hello. Oh, hello. <laughs> nice to see you again. How much are people to blame for the propaganda they are made to believe? Well, see, this is what's fascinating about the internet. The internet is the greatest accelerant of free will known to man. And this is why the elites and people as a whole have such trouble with the internet, why, why it bothers people at such a fundamental level. Because, you see, the internet, by providing non-propaganda, anti-propaganda, or even alternative propaganda, which, again, shakes the foundations of belief, it has opened up the possibility of free will. You know, if you're only ever taught one thing in your life, your free will is pretty limited, unless you happen to be a creative genius who can think for himself from the ground up, which is like a once-in-a-century personality. It's not really a standard you can judge humanity by as a whole. But now that we have the Internet, information is one click away, one look up away. And so now what's happened, of course, is that people have levels of free will and moral responsibility that have been expanded by the Internet to a degree that has never, ever been seen before in history. And the Internet being an incandescent flashbang that opens up the possibility of free will has caused a huge amount of emotional and psychological destabilization in society. If you want to know why people are, you know, drifting towards the left in some ways and why they need safe spaces and why they need hug rooms and puppy videos, it's because human beings are designed for a, a, a very small amount of free will. The thoughts that you have secretly, as Solzhenitsyn used to say, you know, the only time you can speak honestly is under the covers with your wife in the middle of the night. But... Human beings are designed for only a small incremental amount of free will and progress. And the internet has detonated. Like it's like the end of Pink Floyd's The Wall, the, the movie where Bob Geldof looks like he's about to throw up for two hours. And now that we have the internet, it has shattered our free will limitations based upon propaganda. 
People can't believe my tribe is the best. People can't believe everything the government tells me is for my own good. People can't believe schools are there to educate children. People can't believe this stuff anymore. And that gives them a huge amount of moral responsibility. And one of the generational conflicts that I'm trying to help navigate in my show is the younger generation who grew up with the Internet is facing the older generation who grew up without it. The younger generation has a degree of free will based upon access to counter-arguments on the Internet that only insane people in the elder generation would have. So like the boomers, if you thought as flexibly and openly and had as access to as much information, the only person who would be capable of doing that in the boomer generation in general would be somebody who was having psychotic breaks and delusions and voices were speaking into their ears. So the amount of knowledge and free will and possibilities that the younger generation have based on their access to the internet looks generally and genuinely insane to the older generation, where, of course, the older generation look uh, hidebound and boring and, and inflexible and dogmatic and so on to the younger generation. Now, this has its pluses and minuses. The plus of more information giving you more free will is that you can actually, for the first time in human history, carve your own destiny. You can, you can carve, you can choose to think for yourself. You can choose to expose yourself to counter-information. It's an incredible, incredible time. It's incredibly destabilizing for a lot of people. And I think it's more destabilizing for women than it is for men because women tend to be slightly more seeking social approval, slightly more conformist. And so the amount of information that's out there without philosophy is simply short-circuiting people. And this is where a lot of the triggered stuff is coming from, where a lot of the increase in mental illness is coming from, is that we are like we're running too much voltage through the wiring of humanity because we're not supposed to get access to this amount of information which carves out this amount of free will uh, except over evolution in 10,000 years and here it's happened in 20 years right so it's causing a lot of meltdowns it's causing a lot of possibilities and it really is the foundational conflict that's going on in society at the moment so let's see here um So what else have we got here? Yeah, it's it's a nice surprise. Uh, I wanted to say hi to you guys. Thank you, of course, for your support here on the fine freedomain.locals.com platform. Um, yeah, so did you see that? Um, so Joe Rogan was uh, doing some tour, I think, in Florida. He was doing some stand-up. And actually, when I did Joe Rogan's show, I did it three times back in the day. Uh, he actually gave me tickets to come see him live. He's a pretty good comedian, to be honest. And then uh, we went to go and see some fighting, uh, some MMA, was it? No, Ultimate Fighting Championship or something like that uh, with my then producer, which was not uh, not a lot of fun. Um, uh, this sort of ancient Roman blood sport is very low-rent stuff. But, um, but Joe Rogan was doing these, these tours, uh, and I think Saturday he said he had a headache. He felt really tired. He, was suspect, uh, he suspected what he might have. He segregated himself from his family, slept in a separate bedroom, had night sweats and, and this kind of stuff. And then he woke up, got a COVID test, and then he did like monoclonal stuff in his arm. He did ivermectin and, and so on. And he says now just a couple of days later, he says he feels fine. So, I mean, I keep forgetting that Joe Rogan and I are pretty much the same age. We're both 54, right? Although I have my own, own original arms, forearms. So... It's pretty wild because the narrative is pretty is pretty rough, right? So Joe Rogan, of course, is a very fit guy, right? He he has done his martial arts for for many years. He's you know lean. He's he's uh, um, fit, uh, healthy, muscular, and so on. And 
in his mid-50s, he shrugged this thing off in a couple of days. Now, of course, the ivermectin story, and again, I don't have any opinion about whether ivermectin works or not because I don't know. Uh, I've seen studies contra, uh, pro and, and contra, and I've seen the studies that show that the African countries where they used ivermectin uh, did vastly better in terms of lower death count and hospitalizations in the African countries which didn't use ivermectin. But again, I simply passed that along without any particular conclusions. But it's kind of rough because if a guy in his mid-50s got covid blasted his system with a variety of alternative treatments, or at least non-approved treatments, that's pretty rough if he got better in a couple of days. It's pretty rough for the narrative, because what that does is it puts a little bit of a tiny crack in the foundation of the, well, we have to have vaccinations because there's no treatment for COVID. So the fact that he blasted it with, he think, he said he threw everything and the kitchen sink at this virus. So he seems to have recovered very quickly, probably partly, of course, because of his health and his exercise regime and so on. But yeah, a guy in his mid-50s took alternative treatments and is up bouncing around in a couple of days. Good for him, you know, good for him. But wow, that is a bit of a blow. So now, of course, the media is in full defense of Pfizer, right? Defense of the uh, pharmaceutical companies. <laughs> so what they're doing, of course, is they're referring to ivermectin, which is approved for use uh, in, in people, in, in treating head lice and so on. But it's also, of course, in much higher concentrated doses. It's used for uh, the deworming horses and so on. And so, of course, all of the media now, given that he was, he said, you don't really need the vaccine for, for younger people if you're like in your 20s and you're healthy and you exercise and you eat well. He said he doesn't really think you need the vaccine, shouldn't worry about it. And he, he said, don't take advice from him. He said he referred to himself as a moron. And I, I get all of that. And so, you know, his, his advice, uh, I, I take people, when they self-evaluate, I take them at, at face value. But um, so... The fact that a guy who was, because you see all these stories, of people who are skeptical of the vaccine just die. And then you see a picture of them in a you know, massive beluga heads or whatever, right? So it's kind of rough because the narrative demands that Joe Rogan get very sick because Joe Rogan was skeptical of the value of the vaccine. And so the fact that Joe Rogan did alternate treatments and is bounced back remarkably quickly uh, is really quite something. I mean, he obviously got enough of a viral load that it knocked him out, and then he was, you know, bounced back very quickly. That's uh, So now what they have to do, of course, is they have to say to ivermectin, which has, you know, multiple uses, deworming livestock, but in smaller doses, uh, it can treat, it's an antiviral, I think, and it, it can treat head lice and other things in people. And so what they do is they have to refer to, the mainstream media has to refer to what Joe Rogan took as a horse dewormer, right? That's, that's the memo's gone out. Everybody has to refer to it as a horse dewormer. Now, and, and of course, there has been a significant uptick in prescriptions for ivermectin, and there also have been an increase, there has been an increase in people who are overdosing on ivermectin. I assume, I don't know, of course, but I assume it's because instead of going to a doctor and getting a human dose, they go to a livestock place and get a dose for a horse, and since a horse weighs 10 times more, uh, that's not exactly a specifically good dose for a human being. So anyway, it's really interesting to see that this narrative, since he was skeptical of the vaccines, at least for young people, now he's much older than the group he said didn't need to worry as much about the virus. So the fact that, you know, the narrative demands that he be vaccine skeptic, get COVID, get really sick and or die. Uh, but instead, he um, is vaccine skeptical, at least for younger people. And he got hit with this thing and he recovered in a couple of days with alternate treatments. That's a problem. 
right? That's a problem, right? So now they have to they have to report that a 54-year-old guy who I think is, I don't think he's reported on his vaccine status, but I think he would have said so if, uh, and of course he might not have even noticed he was ill because the vaccines do suppress symptoms, which to me at least raises the possibility of uh, transmission. But yeah, you can see them struggling with this narrative. And Joe Rogan is staggeringly popular. Like some of his shows are like 8 million listeners or views or downloads or whatever. He's huge, right? He's the biggest podcaster on the planet. And so from skeptic to infected to treated in a couple of days with stuff the media hates, which threatens at least conceptually the um, emergency use authorization, which just requires there be no alternate treatments. Yeah, you can see them immediately. Joe Rogan's an idiot who took a horse dewormer and they just have to make it sound as absurd as possible because, you know, they just they just care about you so much. All right. Let's see here. Um You know, mandatory vaccines, yeah, so a mandate, so a mandate, you know, again, I'm no lawyer. This is just my amateur outside understanding of these things, right? But a, a vaccine mandate is not the same as forced vaccination, right? Yeah, here in Canada, forced vaccination would be really tough to get past the Constitution. There would be legal challenges like crazy. So as long as you still have an option, it's not forced. That's the way that the legal system works, again. As far as I understand it, I don't don't know for sure, but what I've read. So a mandate does not mean that you're forced, like not going to hold you down and inject you with the vaccine. That's really tough to get past the courts. But what they do say is if, hey, man, you have a choice, like you can get vaccinated or you'll be barred from working out in a gym with a mask, which I would consider hell on earth. Or you're barred from strip clubs, which, you know, COVID is probably the least likely disease you're going to get from a strip club. Um, but yes, yeah, so you'll be barred from a bunch of places, but you still have a choice. You're not being forced in, in this way, right? So, and here in Ontario, they're trying to do it through education and reminders. The police aren't going to get involved as yet. So, uh, and, and it's places I don't really go. I mean, it's not, you know, I, I get it for younger people. It's a big problem. And I, and I sympathize with all of that, but, um, it's not, I mean, I don't go to strip clubs. I don't go to sporting events. Uh, I find sports, I love playing sports. I find watching sports about as uh, exciting as watching somebody watching somebody play Minecraft. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty wild, pretty wild up here. And so, yeah, uh, mandatory, mandated, and forced—they're not not the same things. So, oh, for the person who wants my address, yeah, just email me, and I will I will send you the uh, the office address. All right. The subject was about my brother committing a murder. Yeah, I remember that one. I remember that. Wow, that was a, that was a hell of a. Uh, Hell of a podcast. Your interview about the effect of pornography on the brain inspired me to do no fap. Definitely helping me, but it's very hard and sex is always on my mind now. Well, that's, you know, when sex is always on your mind as a man, that should spur you to be ambitious, to go and gain resources and do good in the world and all that kind of stuff, right? All right. Let's see here. Uh, are you getting back at the tech giants by providing subliminal advertising for DuckDuckGo? <laughs> oh, man, I, I, I may pro- post this on, on Locals later, but um, my wife, my daughter, and I put together a, a really cool uh, hutch or, or um, a, a, a house for the ducks. It's got ramps. It's got upstairs, downstairs. It's really, really cool. And uh, so um, I'm not really, I didn't really think about that, but that's an interesting observation, of course, right? Uh, let's see here. Have you read about COVID cases shrinking gray matter volume in the brain? I have. I've heard about long COVID having an effect on IQ that's negative. And, you know, if this stuff is all true, listen, I mean, COVID is a bitch, man. 
COVID is a son of a bitch of an illness. Uh, it just it goes everywhere. It's really random. Uh, I know a fella who was, and I know a couple of people who've ended up in hospital because of it, and. Uh, it can be months to recover, and uh, the brain fog, and oh yeah, no, it's a, I mean, it's a bitch of an illness. I get why people are concerned. It's a bitch of an illness for sure. And uh, but why would Joe Rogan take deworming drugs? I'm a very informed person. Okay, for the, uh, so there's this. It's always called a far right wing conspiracy theory, right? That ivermectin is helpful at treating COVID. Again, I have no opinion on this. I'm not a doctor. I haven't, you know, even if I studied the research, it wouldn't mean that much to me. But uh, that is the idea. Ivermectin uh, is approved for um, uh, people and for animals. It's used in horses in high doses to deworm and cows, I think, as well. In fact, the FDA, was it the FDA put out a memo or a tweet or something like that saying, y'all ain't horses or cows, stop this stuff, whatever you do, right? Why or why do people take an interest or pleasure in blood sports, hunting, etc.? Well, I don't have an issue with hunting. I went hunting in Africa. I shot turkey buzzards that were, in fact, uh, eating all the crops. So it was fine. I also went hunting for deer, which was not uh, not a great experience. The, the, the deer was only wounded, and we had to track it for quite some time uh, to, to finish it off. Uh, and that was the only time I've ever hunted any kind of mammal. Uh, I was a teenager uh, at that time. So hunting, uh, hunting is fine. I mean, where do you think your burger comes from, right? I know it's not you don't hunt cows and all that, but so... Why do they take pleasure in blood sports? Well, it's it's sublimated sadism in the same way that sports as a whole is sublimated combat, right? I mean, it's a way of redirecting people's sadistic impulses to something less directly harmful to, to others. In the same way that there are correlation correlational studies that show that when uh, pornography is more widely available, the incidence of sexual assault and rape can go down and, and vice versa. So uh, that is uh, that. What do people who offended you like Joe Rogan need to do to get back in your good graces? Um, I've lived long enough now. I've lived long enough now to know that the people who offend me or who do wrong by me will never, ever circle back and apologize. It doesn't happen. I don't even remotely hold my breath for it anymore. The people who've done me wrong in my childhood do not circle back to apologize. The people who you know, backstab me and, and um, do these uh, jump scare bait and switch interviews like Joe Rogan. We had two very fun shows together and then he invited me down without telling me. He dragged up everything negative about me, which he didn't do with Steven Tyler, who actually did terrible things to an underage girl. <laughs> of course, you know, that's different, right? So, no, listen, you don't, don't wait. Do not, do not sit around. Do not wait around. Do not expect people who've done you wrong who ambush you um, from formerly friendly conversations to horrible confrontations uh, in front of a million people, don't ever expect them to circle back. It's never going to happen. I'm telling you, 100%. I mean, you can say, oh, there's an exception. It's like, well, sure. And every now and then someone wins a lottery, but that's not how you plan your retirement, right? When people have done you wrong, you should go and tell them, I think, that they've done you wrong and tell them why and then let them be. They'll never circle back. It will never happen. I've had a lot of people do me wrong in my life, and they don't circle back. I, um, I, I apologize to people on a regular basis because I make mistakes. I have vanity and hubris and, and all of that and, and so on. And uh, you, you have to just maintain that apologetic, inward-looking, responsibility-taking approach to life. So n- no one, no one, no one, no one who's done me wrong has ever 
over the course of my entire life, circled back and made amends. People just, what they do is they move on and they create an alternative reality where they're the victim, you were the bad guy, they did right, and screw you. And that's what they do. And that's why I say, if somebody wrongs you, you have 48 hours. 48 hours. If they have not apologized to you or tried to make amends within 48 hours, it will never, ever, 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 ever happen. And I know this because the brain is an ex post facto excuse-making justification machine. After 48 hours, they have put in place their new narrative where the fact that they've wronged you has completely vanished. They were the victim. They were standing up for what was right and so on, right? So that's the way the brain works. It manufactures an alternative reality where up is down and black is white, and then people get sealed in that forever forever. So, yeah, um, I never think about what people need to do to get back in my good graces because it never happens and nobody ever does it. I mean, I do it. <laughs> you do it, I'm sure, but all of that. Do you have a feeling of which way Biden will go if the Chinese communist uh, invades Taiwan? Well, I mean, come on, that's, you, you, you can't, you can't seriously need to ask that question, right? I mean, They've just shown their will. They've just shown that they're willing to spend 20 years and $2.2 trillion, $2.2 trillion. What is that? 10% of the U.S. national debt was spent over the last 20 years in Afghanistan to replace the Taliban with the Taliban, except they've massively upgraded the Taliban with hundreds of billions of dollars of state-of-the-art weaponry. So they took a Taliban struggling with ancient Kalashnikovs and they then, after 20 years and $2.2 trillion, not only did they hand over a kill list of the people who'd worked with the United States to the Taliban, not only are they now going to be showering um, foreign aid on the Taliban in order to try and get the idiots who stayed there released, uh, the Americans, uh, but they have replaced the Taliban with a vastly upgraded Taliban. And they've also shown they lack the will to win, and they lacked the will to stand up. I mean, they abandoned their allies. The guy who actually was Joe Biden's translator when Joe Biden went out there is now being hunted like a dog through the sewers by the Taliban, and he's putting out desperate messages. for, Like, they, they completely betrayed their allies, showed that there's no point having an army if you don't have the will to use it, and that they've just spent $2.2 trillion getting thousands of Americans killed, tens of thousands of Afghani killed, and they have simply upgraded the Taliban to state-of-the-art 21st century top-of-the-line weaponry. So the idea of what happens when, I mean, of course, and all right, what can I tell you? What can I tell you? Do you think after all we have uh, been, uh, do you think after all that we have been through worldwide will change people's attitude to government? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. The media called Rogan far right wing when even he himself calls himself a leftist. Yeah, well, far right, far right, right wing is uh, you think for yourself and you disagree with the media. So, uh, let's see here. Yeah, it is a big question where the where the flu went, right? Would you change your mind to tattoos if I get one that says freedomain.com forward slash donate? I would not change my mind. Please never ever do that. I really, really would massively appreciate that if you would never, ever get that tattooed on you. Let's see here. Joe got sick like all of us almost every year before COVID. There is no COVID. There are no viruses. Release your fear at thebigvirushoax.com. Okay, I mean, I've heard these arguments, and I don't have the expertise to evaluate them at all. So let's see here. 
Uh, Stefan, with what is happening in America, I think it is about time you finished your series, The Fall of America, Prepare Yourself Accordingly. Yeah, I mean, I did this, what, seven or eight years ago. I said there will be no economic recovery, and of course that was correct. The economic recovery has all shifted to Bitcoin. And I don't, I'm not sure why I would say anything to anyone now. I mean, the whole point was to get people prepared, right? So... Uh, FDRpodcast.com, the search engine and everything has been really upgraded. It's really fantastic. There are thumbnails, links to videos. It's fantastic. FDRpodcast.com, just go look for these things. Do you think that court challenges based on constitutional arguments will be able to successfully overturn vaccine passports? Or is this one of the last signs to remove any remaining pretense that governments need to follow the Charter of Rights or Bill of Rights? Um, so... My, again, admittedly amateur understanding of these things is that um, bribing people with their own liberties or threatening them with restricted liberties or non-liberties, anti-liberties really, in order to get them to participate in a medical experiment goes against the Nuremberg Code, which is one of the most serious pieces of legislation or rules ever to come out of anything because it was the one that took 40 million lives to get to, right? This was basically upon a horror of, of the Japanese and the National Socialist, the Nazi experiments upon uh, people. So for a medical experiment to be even remotely legal or remotely valid, it has to be purely voluntary. There cannot be any positive incentives. There cannot be any negative punishments for participation in the medical experiment. So this has vanished. I mean, has China been kicked out of the World Trade Organization? Of course not. Of course not, because everybody wants access to the Chinese market. And so to join the World Trade Organization, the first thing you need to sign is to say you're going to notify anybody and everyone the moment you get a pandemic on your hands or even a vague suspect of the pandemic, right? And we know that uh, the, the spread of the pandemic, the spread of uh, SARS-CoV-2 was facilitated by China. So, I mean, they're not following any of their own rules. There's no debate. There's no, like, are people going to vote on anything? No. Uh, people are beginning to get kind of annoyed because, you know, the original promise was, you know, vaccines will stop you from getting infected, they will stop you from transmitting the virus, it's blah, 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 right? And now none of that's happening, really. In fact, there's arguments to be made that the vaccinated are driving mutations and spreading the virus because sometimes they have dozens or hundreds of times more viral loads than the unvaccinated. So uh, people are just like, ah, what? Israel's going back down into lockdown despite the fact that they were the fastest and biggest uh, load of vaccinators on the planet. So people are like beginning to get a little suspect. Why, well, I need a booster shot now? That wasn't mentioned before. That wasn't that wasn't part of the plan. So I think that the deviation from what was promised and then what is actually happening is getting large enough that some people are getting uncomfortable. All right. My brother killed his gay lover. Um, that was the podcast. Uh, it was about three years ago, I think. And I'm pretty po pretty positive I published it. You can check uh, freedomain.locals.com and all of that. So, All right. Let's see here. My, what's my favorite season of the year? So in the northern climates, I love fall. I love the woods. I love the crisp walks. I love the lack of bugs. I love the not sweating your guts out every time you climb a mountain. Uh, I, I love fall. It's a... A deeply vivid, majestic, and intense time of year. The UK, somebody says, the UK also left behind lists of their collaborators and biometric data in the embassies. You'd think they would have a data disposal plan, especially given the sensitive nature of it all. Well, of course, 
have you ever, I mean, you've been a boss, right? Have you ever tried to, if you've ever been a boss and you've tried to implement something your employees really, really don't want to do, they'll just sabotage it like crazy, right? All right. Somebody's been trying the new FDR podcast search engine. Can confirm it's great. Excellent. Excellent. I will never buy anything from new that is made in China. Yeah. Pandemics is the biggest export of China historically. The original promise was two weeks to, to flatten the curve. Yeah, of course. So, no, I mean, nobody should ever... Anybody who brings up, oh, that's just a slippery slope argument and so on when it comes to government power. Okay, when we said... Uh, I said that the lockdowns weren't going to work, that they were going to cost more. And I said this back in March of last year, right? Like 18 months ago, I said, very clearly, you can go find the podcast and the video. I remember doing it in my backyard. And... Oh, no, it was in the woods nearby. And I remember saying, without a doubt, the the hidden costs of the lockdown are going to be far greater than any lives saved. Uh, because, and I said very clearly, I said, look, your people aren't going to get access to healthcare, to preventive treatments, to uh, camps, cancer um, uh, explorations. They're just, you know, kids are going to get depressed and suicides are going to go up. Opiate addiction is going to go up because people have pain management instead of surgery that actually helps them. So... No, I said all of this uh, a year and a half ago. And, and it's funny because people think I'm pro-lockdown. Like I, I was ever, pro, I'm never pro-government program now. Uh, I said at the beginning, yes, until we find out what this thing is going. If you have the opportunity to not go out into the world, it might be a good time to stay home. But no, mandates, whatever, right? So yeah, two weeks to flatten the curve. It's just so everyone could get ready. Now it's more than 18 months later. Uh, vaccine passports were, of course, considered to be a fringe far-right neo-Nazi conspiracy theory. And now they're being rolled out everywhere. So um but it's, it's, I mean, it's very helpful in its way because it really does help divide the world into people who have half a brain and people who just swallow whatever bullshit's being shoveled at them in the moment with no sense of continuity or comparison to past, past happiness or past happenstance. Yes, this is, uh, you know, talking about hunting, I've got my nature hat on. If a person cheats on their partner and the partner doesn't know, are the people on the sidelines who know about it morally responsible for notifying the person being cheated on? Absolutely, yes. That's not even a close one. That's not even a close one. What you have to do, of course, is just a basic empathy thing, and I'm not saying you don't have empathy, but the basic solution is, if you're being cheated on, would you like to know? If your girlfriend is banging the linebackers from here to Green Bay, Packerville, would you like to know? Of course you would, because she could get pregnant and pass the baby off as yours. She could get a sexually transmitted disease, bring it home, and give you a crotch rot that looks like an early Russian space launch of a busted missile, right? So, of course, it, it, if, you, if you love someone, if you care about someone, you would not put them in a situation of playing Russian roulette with all the viruses and pregnancies that the planet could possibly summon. So, yes, you are, if you love someone, it's not a crime not to. Withholding the truth from someone you love is not like a crime you get thrown in jail for, but it definitely is a aesthetically preferable action. Of course, of co you are absolutely, completely morally obligated based upon love and the protection of someone you claim to care about to tell them if someone is cheating on them. You must tell them because that person could be... Um, planning to marry. They could be making important life decisions based upon the continuity of the relationship. They might be they might be attracted to someone else, but say, no, 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 I'm in a relationship. That person might be the best person for them in the relationship. So you are absolutely, completely, totally, 100%, not even a doubt, not even a question. You fucking walk up and you tell this person, I hate to say this to you, man, but she's, she's playing around on you. Uh, you know, I saw this, I saw that. Here's the evidence. I'm really sorry, but you know, 
I mean, just go watch Streetcar Named Desire, right? You, you, don't, you don't let a friend play Russian roulette with the V-bomb. Like you, or you don't, right? And if the guy is cheating, same thing. He could get a girl pregnant, and then it could be a giant mess. He could go and get an STD and pass it back to you. You absolutely, completely, and totally must, must, must tell someone if their partner is cheating on them. Or you just say, okay, I don't care about this person. I'm happy to have them exposed to danger and destruction and heartbreak and disease. In which case, don't even pretend that you love them. Don't even try. You hate them, right, in that case. If you let somebody play Russian roulette, you obviously hate them. All right. Any more Duran Duran recommendations? I don't quite understand that. Top, top four Duran Duran songs, in my humble opinion, since you asked, I'll tell you. Hungry Like the Wolf. Wild Boys. Uh, we'll try to stay wild to the hopes and fear outside. Come undone. Come undone. And um, out on the top plains, glad as I'm moving. Oh, looking for a new place to hide. Whatever that one is. Blue Silver. Sing Blue Silver. That's a great song. The live version as well. Fantastic. All right. Um, have you seen it? Have you seen Simon Le Bon now? Oh, man. Duran, 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 Duran. Um, that's a lot of Durans because he's got his uh, bowling ball uh, of the heavens. Let's see here. Uh, thank you for you do, especially on peaceful parenting. Question on Bitcoin. Do you see the days of 80 to 90% corrections are gone, or is it smaller corrections going forward? Okay, so, I mean... I've touched on this in, in the past, uh, so I'll touch on it even more briefly now. Now the big institutions are involved, they have to have to correct for big swings in price. So generally there are three levels of investors, right? So when you're young, you may say to an investor, um, do you want high, medium, or low risk, right? So high risk is you got some money to play with, you've got time to make up for losses and so on. So high risk and high reward, right? Risk and reward go up the same way, right? So for younger investors, they tend to be high risk. For middle-aged investors, they tend to be medium risk. And for older investors, they tend to be low risk because they're usually living off the proceeds of their investments. And so they don't want big swings in their portfolio and so on. So when you are a financial advisor, and I don't know where this is the case. It certainly is the case here. But when you're a financial advisor, you sit down with someone, and I think you kind of have to. I think it's kind of like to cover your ass. You have to say, you know, what's your level of investment knowledge, and do you want high, medium, or low investments, right? However that's divvied up. Could be high and low, medium, low, whatever. High, medium, or low investments. Now, high-risk high investments will have wilder price swings. Now, it's not, you can't just make things up. You can't take some penny stock and say, oh, I thought that was low risk or whatever, right? So there's particular specific calculations that you go through in order to figure out what is high, medium, and low risk in the investment scenario. Now, of course, the bulk of the money sits with the boomers and they want low risk investments. So in order to be able to put Bitcoin into people's portfolio, the big institutions need to crush down the volatility of the price. I made this, I don't know, months and months ago. I said this was going to happen, right? Uh, and I know this because that was my first programming job, was programming exactly these kinds of things for a big stock trading company. So so they have to crush down the price oscillations, which is why you'll see, and I've been saying this for I don't know how many months now, but so you see it stabilizes for a while, it goes up 5 or 10%, stabilizes for a while, goes up. So they need to crush it down so that they can start moving Bitcoin investments into the portfolio of the medium to low uh, risk investors. So uh, that's what's going to be going on. 
X cheated on me. Her friends told me I was relieved and thanked the friend for her honesty. Oh, yeah. Like, here's the thing, too. I mean, think about your friendship going forward, right? Think about it. Let's say that some girl's been cheating on you. You get some horrible crotch rot disease. Uh, it, it imperils your health. You get COVID in the hospital while being treated, whatever. And then you find out that your friends knew. Like, seriously, what the hell would you? Are you crazy? You, you can't let that happen to your relationship. What if it's your brother, for God's sakes? You should have looked out for me a little bit, as Brando says, and on the waterfront, right? You're supposed to look out for me a little bit. How the hell are you supposed to have a relationship with someone when they knew your girl was cheating on you? There were some horrible negative consequences. You wasted another year of your life. You, you, you bought a house together, and maybe you got married, or, or, or you had a baby together because nobody, you're now locked in. You're in baby jail for the next 20 years. She divorced you and, and, and pillaged you through the family courts like dragging a cat ass backwards through a Cuisinart blender on cocaine. And then it turns out, hey, everybody knew. They just didn't tell you. Oh, you're done, man. Your, your relationship is done. Maybe governments will send Howard Jones on a pandemic tour and just have him sing No One Is To Blame. Oh, yeah. So I used to do these cover songs. Uh, I lost a little bit of my singing voice with some dental surgery. But... Um, it's a, uh, so Howard Jones was an 80s phenomenon. He put out one of the most amazing albums in the 1980s called Humans Live. Um, Human Live. Almost every song in that is great, like catchy, memorable, and so on. And a you know, pretty good singer. He's got that kind of half-whiny, Simon Le Bon, half-falsetto, Aztec camera voice that was an 80s thing but had some fantastic music, truly fantastic music. And um, so I was actually going to do at one point a cover. He's got, he's got a great song. Um, uh, you can look at the menu, but you just can't eat. You can feel the cushions, but you can't have a seat. You can dip your foot in the pool, but you can't have a swim. You can feel the punishment, but you can't commit the sin. And you want her, and she wants you. We want everyone, and she wants you. Oh, and you want her, and she wants you. No one, no one, no one ever is to blame. Anyway, I was going to do a whole one of these. Uh, we know China is to blame, but I never got around to it. So uh, it's a good, yeah, it's a good song. Let's see here. Uh, Steph, can you briefly explain what America did to the Soviet Union after its collapse? I heard it was terrible. I don't know what you're asking for in particular. Sorry about that. Uh, what did your research find out about the fact that no viruses have been isolated as per the Alberta lawsuit case? I did look into it. I asked some friends of mine who were experts in the field, and they say the virus has been isolated, and they're probably, my guess would be the Alberta lawsuit case where they said, look, if you're going to impose these mandates, we demand that you show us the virus has been isolated. They refuse to do so. I think that the government doesn't want to open up any involvement that they had in any creation of gain-of-function research, either in Winnipeg, where a bunch of Chinese scientists were kicked out pretty abruptly and the government has been stalling, revealing anything on that, or in Fort Dietrich or in Wuhan. So I think governments don't want to have anything to do with any freedom of information requests that have anything to do with funding or approving or dealing with gain-of-function research. So I think that they're just saying, oh, yeah, we don't have anything on that. But I don't, again, I don't know. I'm just asking people who I think know, and they say, no, the virus has been isolated. But uh, why it didn't happen in Alberta is uh, anyone's guess and uh, all of that. So, All right. So nice to chat with you guys this afternoon. All right. Come and done. Yeah, come and done is pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, let's see here. 
Why would boomers suddenly stop making retarded investment decisions? I don't really understand. Um, boomers, have, they're the wealthiest generation in history. Um, thank you so much, says Jarek, for all you are doing. You inspired me to be a stay-at-home dad with my four-year-old boy instead of daycare. Every day is a blast, and it's amazing to feel the relationship getting better and better. It's like hanging out with your best friend all day long. Ain't that the truth, man? Ain't that the truth? Um, my daughter is... I mean, I could, you know, do another hour on, on just how much fun she is, how um, intelligent she is, how witty she is, um, how her, her personality is like emerging like Atlantis from the ocean. You've got a fully formed, amazing human being coming out of the blob of infancy. And... Yeah, getting to hang out with her, going for for lunch. We go uh, we go on hikes with the ducks, and um, there's a lake not too far from here, um, where uh, the, the because it's been a very dry summer, a very hot summer, not much rain. Sorry, very dry, not much rain. Bit repetitive there, and we um, we took the ducks out onto the mud flats where that's like a Spinal Tap song. <laughs> Talk about mud flaps. My girls got them, <laughs> big bottoms. So. We took the ducks out, and the ducks, of course, are strolling along in the mud flaps, and we ended up, she went into her waist in the mud, because you just go straight in, and it was just hilarious, um, and so, so fun. Uh, so, yeah, it is, it's a blast. It's like a, it's like a, a permanent party, being at home with your kids. Where to go after Texas and Florida turn blue? That is the question. That is the question. Eastern Europe, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. Let's see here. Um... Uh, I'm a low-risk investor. Not that I have any money to invest after emptying my savings on deposit for my first property. Yeah, that's pretty wild, eh? You can look up, uh, yeah, some hinky stuff was happening out on the Western Canada as well. Um, let's see here. Uh, why do you think women cheat? Well, why just women, right? Why just women? So, women and honor, right? This is a whole other sort of question or issue, right? Um, men have honor for two reasons. One is that if we don't have honor, we can get beaten up. You know, you, you pistols at dawn. You can have duels. Guys can, can come and beat you up, right? This is Mike Tyson saying about how... The internet has made everyone comfortable with being an asshole without running the risk of getting punched in the face, right? So so we men have had to develop reciprocal honor because nobody protects us and we can be attacked by other men and the attacks of other men can be provoked either by our own bad behavior or by the instigation of women. Women can't beat us up, but they can complain about a guy, about us to a guy until the guy beats us up. So we have to tread very carefully. We have to have honor. We have to have honor. And also because... The mistakes that we make accumulate mostly to ourselves. If we're not ambitious, we don't make any money, we suffer the consequences. If we don't take care of our health, we suffer the consequences. And so we have to have honor because negative consequences from other men and also because by the time we've made really bad mistakes, alienated people, failed in life, it's usually too late to sort it out. So we have to have this abstract virtues and honors and so on, right? And also... We work as a coordinated team, so we need trust among the other men, right? 
uh, uh, female groups function on a lack of trust, male groups function on trust, right? So uh, uh, if you're going hunting, you have to make sure the guy's going to circle around. If you go to war, you have to make sure the guy's going to cover your back and pull you out if you're injured or whatever. But female social groups operate on a lack of trust. In other words, you have to conform with the girl power group, the mean girls situation, or they'll start spreading vicious rumors about you that you have herpes or or that you got pregnant and aborted a baby. And, you know, so this is like the modern world is, is all functioning on trust violations, right? And lying and trust violations. So men function on trust, women, women groups, female groups generally function on a lack of trust. Like I don't trust that people won't turn on me if I uh, do something against the group or try and replace the queen bee or something like that with my own <laughs> Miss Macbeth insurrection or whatever. So, let me just check here. So, yeah, so why do women cheat? So, women have less of an abstract commitment to these values, and women have massive commitments to other values, such as the care and protection of babies and toddlers, and women are fantastic at, you know, when when my daughter was little and didn't sleep, uh, my wife was like she was just up. She was at the bed. She was you know just taking care of her. And I, I you know me me and no sleep is not a good combo. So but my wife has just always been fantastic that way. Amazing commitment to to these things. Amazing commitment to community. A lot of times, some of it's fear based, but some of it's genuine. Amazing commitments to charity and and all of that. Um, you know, so for for men, like if if someone gets old and doesn't have any friends or family, it's like, well, you should have made better decisions, shouldn't you? Whereas women are all like, oh, the poor dear, let's go bake a pie and bring it over and make them feel not so lonely and so on, right? Um, men tend to pay with justice. Women tend to subsidize with sympathy, right? That's just the way things things play. And again, there's strength and weaknesses in both. So as far as cheating goes, a woman, hang on a sec, I just need to. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, it's got battery life, but it keeps overheating. All right, so um, ah, technology. So for a woman, um, if a woman makes a mistake, other people will cover for her, right? That's just the way it is, right? And But a woman's mistakes accrue to her children primarily, right? So uh, women can't afford that same abstract commitment to abstract values in, the, in that way. They will constantly be subsidized by people rushing in to fix everything that they, they make a mistake on, which I think is a real shame. I mean, it does keep women kind of infantilized. But, you know, you can see this even with Elizabeth Theranos, right? There's a Theranos woman, Elizabeth Holmes. Now she's facing 20 years in prison for this scam fest of a pseudo company that claimed to be able to diagnose hundreds of ailments with one drop of blood in the privacy of your own dashboard or something like that. Completely crazy stuff. And she partnered with uh, Sunny Balwani or whatever his name was, some Pakistani, to me at least, kind of a con man. And now, of course, well, what did she do? She got charged with crime. So she did two things. She, she got pregnant, of course, right? So she can say, but I'm a mother. My child needs me. And now, of course, she says that, oh, my boyfriend. Well, first of all, she, nobody knew that he was her boyfriend and that they were living together, I think. And now she says, oh, well, but I, I didn't really have any free will because he was bullying me. He was mean to me. He, he, he controlled what I ate. He, he controlled how much I slept. He controlled what I wore. And, and so, uh, and he said that all, all of my success came from him. And, and so now, what's she doing? This, this amazing, the next Steve Jobs, this, she was a billionaire at one point and she's still a victim. She was a billionaire. Now, what does this do to investors in new, young, attractive female-led companies? Well, they know that they can get away with just about anything, so it means that she's killing investment potential for future women. But, of course, you know, she doesn't 
I assume she doesn't really care about, about that kind of stuff. So why do they cheat? Well, they cheat because um, their mistakes are generally covered up for them. And they like getting stuff for free, of course. And because it could be an upgrade. Like if you are married to a beta, but you can have an affair with an alpha, and then your alpha baby with all of the enhanced alpha upgrade characteristics genetically can be raised by the beta, then if the beta works out, if the beta kids work out, fine. If they don't, the alpha kid's going to keep half your genes going forward. So you just look at it from a sort of mammal rather than an angel standpoint, as I've been talking about. It works. It works. Particularly now, right? Particularly now. So let's see here. Maybe not a live stream cam. Um, yeah, it's supposed to be for vlogging. It absolutely completely is supposed to be for vlogging, this uh, Sony, cam, Sony cam. So, yeah, I ordered it specifically as a vlogging. Um, what determines intrafemale hierarchy, not just beauty, right? Boy, you're really asking me to delve into the estrogen fest, right? Intrafemale hierarchy. Um, well, in, in traditionally, the male hierarchy has been determined by who's willing to use violence. And the female hierarchy traditionally has been determined by who's willing to destroy reputations, right? So a woman's reputation is her currency, right? I mean, in the past, before the welfare state and all of that. A woman's reputation. If a woman was known as a slut, if a woman was known as uh, a cheat, if a woman was uh, known to whatever negative stuff, right, then men wouldn't marry her, her genes would end. So a man who's killed by another man before he reproduces doesn't get to reproduce. A woman whose reputation is destroyed by the cruelty of other women, the lies of other women, or maybe it's the truth, whatever, right? But a woman whose reputation is destroyed also doesn't get to reproduce. So men stop other men from reproducing in the genetic combat of R versus K and high versus low and alpha versus beta and so on. Uh, men will not only kill other men, but kill their children. Right? It's a traditional way. You, 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 you conquer another tribe, you kill the men, you kill the children, and you rape the women, right? So that you spread your your genes that way. Genghis Khan style, right? Is it one out of 12 guys in East Asia and Central Asia have Genghis Khan roots uh, for their genes? So it's a genetic combat, right? And again, men, um, because they're willing to use violence to end another man's lineage, but women will use lies, verbal abuse, and cruelty and reputation damage in order to eliminate uh, somebody else's bloodline. So, I mean, in general, throughout history, it's sociopaths and, and people without empathy who end up ruling. It's this idea that empathy is anything other than a sucker's game is a pretty new thing, and it seems to be fading away pretty fast. Ah, let's see here. Uh, really enjoy your Bitcoin blockchain roundtables. Would be great if you discussed distributed storage systems in a future roundtable. Great potential for philosophical discussions on the permanent retention of knowledge and undermining censorship through decentralized networks. That's an interesting idea. Would you like to join one of those? Just uh, email me at uh, operations at freedomain.com. Let's see here. <laughs> Alpha fucks, beta bucks. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, let's see here. Our stepfather's the beta. They take care of mother man's children than their partner procreated with, right? Well, I mean, that's you know part of the problem with pornography, right? Is that you are gaining sexual pleasure watching another man pleasure another woman. Like you're watching. You're literally an observer, right? But um, so, or a river otter, I guess, North American river otter, if that's your thing. Sorry, inside FGR joke. So to raise another man's ch children is definitely an emasculated position. I mean, my God. It's, it's, uh, it's really rough because 
you've got uh, you've got to pay for another man's kids. You're never going to have authority over them. They're never going to view you as their real father. They may talk about it. And if you're young enough, if they're young enough, maybe, but certainly after the age of five, you can't be a primary feedback or disciplinary person uh, for the kids. And the woman can take them away from you at any time, and you have no visitation rights, I think, if you're not their children, uh, if, they, if you're not their father. It depends on the laws and where you are, if you've adopted them or whatever. But no, it's rough. Uh, and, and all you're saying is that you don't really understand fatherhood. So one of the reasons why fatherhood is so important is that the closer you are genetically, particularly in terms of intelligence, the better father you're going to be. I would not be a very good father to a child of below average intelligence. And I mean, that's just a confession. You can say it's a weakness or whatever it is. It doesn't really matter. If I had a child who was not athletic, it would be pretty tough for me to be a positive and inspired father. If I had a child who didn't like to read, if I had a child who wasn't creative. And so the fact that my daughter is half me and shares so many of my characteristics is one of the reasons we get along so well. And so the reason why you'd want to have your own kids is so that they're closer to you in terms of intelligence, athleticism, uh, maybe height. Height's not that important, but I mean, for boys it is, for, for men it is. But you just want them to be closer to you in terms of your genetics so that you get along better and, and do well. So, yeah, I mean, basically you're saying I have no standards, it doesn't really matter. I can raise kids damaged by divorce, uh, damaged by, and I'm not talking about a widow, I'm talking about a single mother, right? Kids are damaged by divorce. I'm willing to be in a family situation where I have fewer rights than the guy who abandoned the kids, all this, that, and the other, right? So it's, yeah, it's, it's terrible stuff. All right, one or two more questions. All right, well, we'll just uh, finish off. Yeah, so the battery's still half, half and running. I don't know. Stupid technology. What on earth is the point? <laughs> Why make a camera that shuts out, shuts down in 40 minutes when it's got a two and a half hour battery? All right. I made a meme based on your Blackgate live stream. Did you like it? I may have missed it. So please send it to me again if I've missed it there. All right. I think we're going to close down things. Just wanted to test out this camera and see how you are, uh, how you are doing. So yeah, listen, thanks everyone for dropping by. Such a great pleasure. I will be live streaming tomorrow night. 7 p.m. Eastern Standard will do a, a talky chatty thing. Please, please make sure you're subscribed. Freedomain.locals.com. You can go to FDR Podcast, subscribe to the podcast because I have call-in shows coming out that you simply won't believe. And I hope that you will uh, check them out. They're really just absolutely incredible live streams. Uh, sorry, absolutely incredible call-in shows. That's kind of what I'm doing to a large degree uh, these days. So, yeah, thanks everyone for dropping by. Uh, such a pleasure to chat with you. Have yourself a wonderful afternoon and evening. I will see you tomorrow. Bring your live chatty chat questions. And um, I will uh, talk to you soon. Lots of love from here. Bye.